0: You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex.
1: In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life.
0: Whatever that looks like for you. Hope y'all enjoy.
1: This week on the couch, we are interviewing the woman, the myth, the legend,
0: Alexia Clancy. Woo! You got a little sound effects in there. The crazy thing is that's not the first time I've been introduced that way, so. Oh, and Maybe I bet it won't legit. be the last. I bet it won't be the last. <laughs> Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> nah. I like this setup right now. I just want to say because, like, leaning in, I feel like I'm really on the show right now, so I want to appreciate you. Uh, thank you for having me here on the couch.
1: Look, we're so blessed to have you. You're somebody that we've looked up to and admired for oh, a long man. time. So, You know, the pleasure is all
0: ours. (laughs) If they're not watching the video, they're like, wait, who's she talking to? (laughs) It's me, Mario.
1: (laughs) It's me. It's Mario. Yeah, so this week, uh, me, Carly, I'm interviewing Alexia. We did this before, back in like the fall of 2019. You know, pre pandemic, we were all so young and so innocent. and so we thought it was just time for a check-in and to see how many things have changed and, you know, the trajectories of our goals and our companies and our lives. And so here I am, checking in with the legend. Alexia. <laughs> um, I want to ask, what would you call this season of your life? Like, if it had a title, what would this season of your life be called?
0: Oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> That would be the name of this season. And let me tell you why. Um, I think because the first things, as you were saying, that the first words that were coming to my mind were like, "like things are going well, but I'm kind of feeling a little tired, like a little getting out of it a little bit. And that reminds me of kind of what I tend to do every couple years, which is a, all right, now what can I do to make this even more aligned? And so I feel like I'm in that space again to where uh, it's like, all right, I'm feeling a little like you know everything's good, but there's there could be a little bit more, um, more going on with aligning my work to what I want to accomplish and the impacts I want to have and things of that nature.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what is? Um, I guess well, let me start from the very beginning. What is CapSo- Capsoch for people who maybe haven't like mm-hmm. heard or don't know what it is? What is Capsoch?
0: Capsoch is a content marketing agency. Um, that develops out content framework strategies to help clients achieve both those short-term sales or conversion um, while they're also doing that long-term brand building. So we work with our clients to help them do storytelling, to help them connect with their audiences through graphics and social media and community building and activations, et cetera, in the digital world, so that they are developing kind of a community um, that is loyal to them as, like, a client or a customer and or is a part of that community, like, an active advocate uh, for the same mission um, and believes in the same core values as the client. Cool.
1: What would you say are your core values as
0: Hmm. I think I actually have these written down somewhere, but <laughs> seeing <laughs> as I don't know them right now. Um, and I think this is where we're going back to now, but um, I would say some of the core values of Capsos are um, – I hate saying authenticity, but I want to just say, like, um, authenticity of content being reflective of, like, what you actually do and what you really care about and what you can do. Um, I would say another core value of CapSoch is um, no digital blackface. So having, like, real folks who are really a part of, like, the cultures and the audiences that our clients want to reach um, who are doing, like, that communication with them. Um, And have those like checks on content to make sure that it matches that first core value of authenticity. Um, And I would say another core value of CapSocial be social impact or impact in general, because we like to work with all of our clients have some type of give back or they're just going to be a certain type of individual or have a certain type of social responsibility aspect to their business um, that we want to support. So in turn, it's like we also can help have an impact by helping amplify brands and organizations that also make an impact. So those are maybe some of the first three that come to mind for me.
1: Yeah, and I think that's evident in the work if you check out any of their stuff at CAP Social Agency on all the platforms. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And especially all y'all's clients, I really enjoy, you know, seeing you help build their brands and experiencing mm-hmm. their products. Um,
0: yeah. Cause I'll be bringing Carly in <laughs> <laughs> for a few things. Um, but that's been cool too, because like, um, over the last few years, I've had different friends who've worked with me, um, some on more project basis, some ongoing. Um, but that's always nice to, you know, just have different folks who, um, something that they're strong with can help, uh, if they also want to be a part of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's pretty dope. It's kind of uh, like using your own network, which a mm-hmm. lot of people like forget that they have mm-hmm. when it comes to their friends. Um, whenever you first started Social, was this your vision for what you wanted to do? Hmm.
0: Maybe um, I didn't really and I still hardly do have a vision, a full, full vision of, of being like, this is what I want to turn this into um so i've kind of talked about it before like how i started cap in 2012 so this year is my, my 10th year anniversary dang I, I keep forgetting that and i need to like actually plan something around that. i need to bring that up mm-hmm. at our next um internal meetings um so 2022 has been 10 years in september Sheesh. that i've been doing this and so when i first started um it was around like management and development of um like what's the social media plan specifically um, to the clients but I was doing a lot more like speaking and trainings and things like that like totally different audience I would say that I was working with and now it's moved more towards brands it's moved uh, a little bit more towards specific types of clients and then the work is a little bit more content creation and development focused um, but of course like it, it's hard to kind of get away from that implementation piece as well so like that's always kind of been there awesome
1: yeah, I think that's interesting. And implement- implementation is probably one of the hardest things that companies have to do. I know,
0: that's with. the part that nobody wants to do, <laughs> including me. Um, you know, so, yeah, like, it's like everybody wants to have this presence and wants to have this community, but then they don't necessarily want to be the ones, like, writing up all these captions and creating this video and putting everything up. Um, and yet that's part of the game. And the best ones, who. Uh, do well with that and even who like work alongside an agency like ours still do have like make that easy and are invested in like doing things in real life that can give you content
1: mm-hmm. um so at the beginning you mentioned that you know things are good but there are more things you can do to get into alignment what does alignment look like for cap like where you are versus like kind of where you want to be
0: mm-hmm. so right now um i think alignment and i wouldn't even say with cap just with me um, and so I want to get cap in alignment with me. And I think right now that what that gap looks like is, is that idea of the implementation. So, and I was just talking to my business manager the other day um, and it was interesting because like two days prior, I was like, what would it look like if I uh, stopped cap Like if I just, I don't want to say like quit it, but like just retired it and been like, all right, at the end of the year, like it's just over. We're phasing out. And I was trying to think about like, what else would I do? Cause I, you know, sometimes I still am like, I just wanna do something a little bit different, or this isn't quite it. Um, and so I'd had that kind of thought. And then I had a meeting with my business manager a couple of days later. And then just talking to him, I just started saying, like, yeah, you know, it's that implementation. I'm kind of trying to get away from that piece. That's the part I, I dislike the most as far as having to manage um, other folks' social. And also because it kind of keeps you in a space of only working with certain types of brands still to a degree, um, and a space that should get phased out because everybody's starting to have those departments internally. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, so as I'm talking, like how I'm talking right now, it was like, okay, well, but these big brands always do bring in agencies, like, to consult, for example. And so I thought about, like, well, what does it look like to just be on the team or just be pulled into, hey, can you develop out what this series should look like? Or, you know, just contributing to the development of the brand or the creative or something like what we're doing now with Dumas where we're, like, flipping this whole brand into something fresh and new. Um, And on that consulting side, it's like you get to, you know, haha, laugh it up, have a few meetings, and <laughs> you can pack yeah. it up, <laughs> right, invoice them and pack it up, um, and then I started talking, and he was like, yeah, that actually does sound like a good, you know, place to move, even just for you, because then that gets me back into just, you know, might be speaking here, or teaching something here, or helping, um, in a, a particular place, um, but then that also jogged my memory, thinking about how I used to even, um, be registered for government stuff where i could look and see like what what's needed there and you know how much they'll pay for you to do whatever but um he was like yeah that's actually good too looking at that i was like yeah there's lots of things i've done over time but you know everything always continues to shift and so he's like well let me draft you up a roadmap for what a true like consultancy um or some of those things might could look like to move towards that so I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, then I thought, like, that was interesting that, you know, as soon as I just start thinking about, like, I kind of want to do something else or, like, as soon as I feel like something is slightly missing, yeah, I start to, like, see, like, okay, maybe I can go this way. Um, that's not, like, a huge, huge jump, just random, but it's, like, you can always kind of shift slightly to, you know, maybe we get to a point where it's, like, we, we don't have digital media managers and all of that, but we are focused more on the designers or the content creators or just this uh, strategy for things.
1: Yeah, and I see I see strategy being a big piece, and I always see the jokes. Because um, I went to business school, if y'all don't know, and there's always jokes about consultants. Like, they come in to mm-hmm. fix stuff, and everything's still burning, and then they're like, and we're out, and it's yeah. like, the biggest <laughs> check out of everybody.
0: Yep, yeah, sure I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they also um, bring an ex- a level of expertise in, you know, that – Brands might not have access to mm-hmm. it in different ways, so you're still kind of opening the gate for a lot of people in different mm-hmm. ways.
0: And when you think about it too, part of that conversation, I was like, yeah, actually, I remember Disney had reached out to me from like their diversity team because they were looking for folks who could help with like Tamron Hall show. And so even thinking about all the work that we have done, like yes, we can say we are experts in a certain space or dealing with a particular audience or. Um, you know being again going being authentic and not digital blackface et cetera, in particular spaces it does call for and it does make more sense to bring in folks who can work on those projects um, who are part of that audience and so I know there is a space for sure where people are specifically looking for like black women or um, our particular types of case studies and things that we may have already done that we can easily be like yeah that's what we do.
1: There's definitely a lot of space in that niche um, for that and for the level of expertise that you have just in everything you've done personally mm-hmm. that you can kind of shift CapSoch into. Um, I know the last time we talked, I don't know if you had any employees, in, like maybe like one or two in 2019 for mm-hmm. Capsos, Like a few? Um,
0: no, yeah, so in 2019, but uh, but even now they're contractors, so do you mean technic- for real, yeah. for real? No,
1: no, no, not like... But like working on, yeah, with like us? working with you. So
0: yeah, yeah, on the team in 2019, it probably did have... I don't remember now, maybe six or 10, because talking to some of them now, they're like they were here. Um, quite a few of them came in like 2020 towards the end of 2020 with that revamp. So actually, maybe before might be like six or seven. I don't really even remember because it, it kind of just changed up and down. Um, then I got a new wave. Then I got like another wave. Some dropped off. Then you got a couple little more people. So it continues to like get tighter and tighter. And some folks have been with me for quite a while now.
1: Yeah, which I think is awesome. It's cool to see, you know, companies grow. Mm-hmm. And with that comes questions like, so can you drop a couple of tips or just a couple of lessons mm-hmm. on, like, growing a team and managing people? Mm-hmm. Like, being that leader um, where you used to be the hustler, like, getting everything done.
0: What's the So is the question you want to know is, like, what's that transition from being a self Yeah, like, you can talk about the
1: transition and if you have any, like, important, like, maybe two to three important tips or lessons that you've learned mm-hmm. during that transition, for people who might be in that scaling phase of their business or their life?
0: Well, yeah, so the first tip and that goes along with telling um, kind of how that goes, the first tip is to recognize uh, when it's time to bring in somebody else um, and to not prolong that too far. Um, so when you're at the point where you do have a ceiling and you, you're doing all that you can do, and that a lot of what you're doing is automated or could be done by somebody else, then for sure, like that's when you get somebody else to come in and do it. Um, two would be to get those processes down for what other people can do, what those other roles can take over. So one, being aware of, of all everything getting done and knowing what you can outsource. Two, having that process and those things like written out. And you can't skip that step because it makes everything else messed up if you do. Um, I've kind of like half done that step and then gone and then I always have to come back like you always get forced back to really draft out like how do you do this Um, because then as you bring in people that's the hardest thing like you really can never tell if somebody's the right fit honestly just from talking to them you can't tell if they're really good if they're not good depending on all kind of different circumstances um, or even like the way they work or personality wise stuff like that. Um, So you can't be hard on yourself either about who you're working with, um, but go for somebody, bring in like one person and really give them something to follow. Be very direct about what they're doing. um, Very direct about what those deliverables are, uh, when you need something and what you need. I think a lot of times we've been doing it ourselves so long also that you're kind of like, okay, can you do this? And you're not Recognizing like they don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I've had people, I've been that person, obviously, like plenty of times, I'm sure. And I remember having people, especially like in grad school, this one guy specifically who like would always like, he'd always tell us to do things and work, but we were always like, what are are we supposed to be doing? Like, it was just weird. Like you always felt like you didn't quite know what was happening. Um, And so I try to like catch that and recognize that with folks who work on the team um, of always making sure I'm as direct as possible or as clear as possible about it. Um, and then the next biggest thing is recognize that when you have to, uh, make a switch or let somebody go or put them in a different position, because the longer you prolong that also, um, if you're making sure you've done all you can do to be direct and clear and all of those things, um, the rest, like is only prolonging, like you babysitting, are you doing more work behind them or you having to keep up with them or whatever, um, which is inefficient for your business.
1: Mm -hmm. No, thank you for sharing those. I think it's important. And not enough people are talking about it, like as they're doing it, it's always like years Mm. later when they're like CEOs of companies they've sold. And so Mm. you don't hear as much of the direct advice Mm -hmm. um, in those spaces.
0: Yeah, but it is super tough. Um, And then as you have like good people on your team and if it needs to continue to grow and grow, like those people help you along as well. So like now I have um, admin, shout out B priest and um, a couple other folks on my team who like, for the first time, really, I would say, like, other people could talk about cap and be like, this is what we do. And, like, they know the inner workings and they know the process and they know the things. Because before, you know, you may have people doing some work, but it's like they're not really owning it. You know what I mean? They're not really all the way in it. Or it's just like, okay, you're giving them something to do. They don't really know all the other things going on, but, like, they do their thing and give it back to you. and Cool. Um, but now it is much more... I would say a little bit more inclusive with folks and, mm-hmm. and folks knowing who all's on different teams, what, you know, what other clients are even are, what, what do we do in general, et cetera.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made as a business owner
0: mm-hmm. or entrepreneur? Um, a lot of mistakes. Uh, I might need a more narrow question because uh-huh. I can't, I can't even think of, I'm trying to think of something super specific. Um, In regards to what a team, in regards to uh, dropping the ball on something, or client work. I mean, some of the biggest things can just be like just sometimes just not getting work done or like not giving yourself realistic timelines or, um, you know, actually not delivering overtimes. Um, It could be... um, being focused on the wrong tasks, so it's, like, inefficient for that. It could be um, letting some of the, like, wrong folks work with you for too long or trying to, like, make things work. It's always, like, in life, too, I feel like it's always the, the things that you're, like, trying to make work that it's like, hey, you should just let that go a long time ago. It, it's yeah. really kind of always that, whether that's this particular client, somebody's working with you, um, things of that nature. And So even now, like, this year – we're, what, in June, just about, like, this year, um, I've had to let people go. I've had to let, I let clients go for the first time. Like, you know, so now it's just like, all right, season of shedding things that we don't need because we got options.
1: That's a blessing. That's a blessing. <laughs> I like that. Um, Last business question, and then I'll get to the other stuff. Uh, what are some podcast books or, like, resource things that you can recommend for people who you know, are trying to get better as entrepreneurs or as business owners?
0: Mm, I haven't really been uh, reading and listening to much business and entrepreneurial books lately. Um, so I'd have to dig really deep to try to think of maybe one of the last ones. But really, nothing's coming to me with that. I actually have more recently started listening more to um, – I mean, I always do listen to, like, School Greatness and stuff, but it's not really about the business stuff yeah. per se um, to get tips. Yeah. Um, and that actually is probably something I should kind of go back to a little bit more. But lately, I, I've been listening more to um, news and policy type podcasts, as well as um, psychiatric and like psychologist podcasts.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, any that stand out that you'd recommend to anybody?
0: Um, a f- couple of like NPR has a couple of different ones where they're like talking about what's going on, uh, today or like. Um, different topics, like maybe one day they'll talk about Ukraine or maybe one day they'll talk about uh, something like schools with food shortages or something. Um, and then I like Esther es- Esther Perel's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Where do we go from here or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like that good. one. Um, so, yeah, those would be a couple.
1: Okay. I like those.
0: And I still like Baggage Reclaim, too. I, lo- I love listening to that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still got to listen to that one.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good. You should listen to it.
1: So check that out. Uh, that's about relationships and, like, personal. Yeah, in general, it's mostly, yeah. like,
0: relationships. Of course, there's always some self stuff and friends, family stuff sometimes. But it's all about, like, boundaries and, um, you know, listening to yourself and all those types of things. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Do you have any personal projects that you're working on business-wise that are outside of CapSoche? Mm. Or anything that you want to do, even if you're not yet?
0: Mm-mm. And that question is even hard for me to even, like, really process right now because, um, I don't know, CapSosh is so, like kind of yeah it's kind of all-consuming right now and you know I am doing quite a few different types of things within uh capsules right now with our like current projects so it's pretty good mix I think um actually of the types of clients the types of work we're doing for them so uh nothing right now outside of that like I'm not even trying to do anything else really right now outside of that okay
1: um so we talked about business so let's chat a little bit about Mm -hmm. life I was thinking about our first episode of the podcast and we were talking about like why we even started talking about this. Mm -hmm. And then the topic was like, you know, how do you know when it's time to move on from somebody Mm -hmm. or something? And then like, how, how would you say we talked about like the evolution and the metamorphosis of capsules, like how have you grown as a person, like looking back, making it more narrow, looking back over the past few years, um, what are some of the most significant changes you see in yourself?
0: The question you want me to answer is what are the most significant changes I've seen in my soul? Mm -hmm.
1: That's making it more narrow, but if you want to talk about how you've grown as a person, like, more broadly, that's fine.
0: I just wanted to make sure I'm um, answering the question that you're asking. Um, I would think, yeah, actually, maybe I need to kind of answer, it's not what are the changes I've seen. This might be saying the same thing, but um, there's definitely, like, what are... What are some things that I recognized like kind of about myself or I learned mm-hmm. um over the last what few years? Yeah. I
1: would say so, like three to five.
0: That's a long that's, that's actually a long, long time. time. Um that's a long time. I'ma I'ma do I'm gonna go work twenty twenty here. There we go. Because um, that's like a its own little era of stuff mm-hmm. for me. Um, I would say in the last couple of years, for me, I have learned that I'm not who I tell myself I am or have told myself that I was and I recognize that there was a there was like a disconnect between what in my mind I was telling myself I was and then not acknowledging who I really was um and I've learned so so what that did was made it it, the disconnect came across in um like in relationships or talking about my life or talking about my past or talking about who I am. But then it's seeming like, well, that doesn't add up to everything because there's these things that you've done or, and I'm not even talking about like, like that. I had some crazy wild error where I was like, well, I did, I did have some errors. I was about to say that where I was like some international thief, <laughs> but that definitely was an error. Um But you know how there, there are certain things that you will look at and be like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. Or, and actually, that's the thing. Actually, I didn't, I didn't even really feel, like, shame around it. But they're not things that I would be, like, really open about, um, per se. And so I just kind of, like, was disconnected from it. And so it came. It didn't come across like I was being honest. Like, I couldn't be honest about um, my past and a lot of different things because I wasn't seeing it that way or wasn't kind of, like, letting myself see it a certain way. Um, but then recognizing, like, oh, that it is what it was and that um, – I don't have to be trying to fit everything into a particular narrative, but like I can keep letting my narrative kind of expand into like who I really am and what I, what I really am. And in turn with that also made realizations around um, having felt like I was given my voice. I never felt like my voice was taken away in the way I grew up and all of that, but I feel like I was given a voice. And so I've always learned and always in most circumstances been in situations and recognize in my mind, it's always like, what voice do I need to have? Or like, who do I need to be right now? Um, and, and so I had, again, that disconnect from myself or like, who am I? Um, and always, which is why I always felt like I can always do anything or be anywhere or talk to whatever, because it's like, I can always just kind of be in a space and then know like, what do I need to be for this to go smoothly right now? Um, Mm -hmm. instead of just like me showing up or being who I am. And so a lot of just unraveling of those types of things, um, and kind of maybe being more cognizant of some of the places where i need to maybe be more real with myself <laughs> okay those are great
1: like
0: and i think and, some- I, and I, people always get on me because i like talking like up here sometimes where it's like i'm not really talking in the details but that's actually why i need to practice doing more but i don't I necessarily need to get so all into good. that too crazy okay
1: not not too crazy, but I I also talk very ethereally ethereally up here and yeah yeah I don't want to be like for, oh, okay so
0: what are you talking about okay like, exactly, what are you saying
1: exactly um no, I'm just saying like from the offset it sounds like those are huge things that I feel like sometimes you can only get to through life experience it's not like something you can read a book and be like oh man that's something that I'm doing it's like no you have to be in those situations mm-hmm. for it get to get pointed out or for it to come up for you to have those you know paradigm shift realizations so whenever you notice that. You were showing up in spaces as, like, different versions of yourself or you had limits on kind of how fully you were being yourself. How did you start to take those off and actually show up just as you and not, like, who you thought you had to be or should be in spaces?
0: Well, I can't answer that because that would – it's literally, like, now that I'm just starting to maybe think more about that or not, – and not even, like, right right now, but it's only recently – i've kind of made those realizations and Mm -hmm. trying to recognize now um like who am i in this space or like what am i doing or thinking about if like am i thinking about how something's going to be received or am i am i just here i guess so kind of just challenging myself to be a little bit more um present in spaces because the thing is like if you're always kind of thinking a lot like you're always thinking about you know just all those other things that might um affect like how you come across or what you do or what you're saying or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't really know I don't have like a real example yet of that.
1: Okay, well, we'll look back to the third installment of this interview with this legend for that. Uh, y'all y'all take down notes just so I remember, That's too. The third
0: installment. <laughs> third installment. They were like, this man. Um okay. Y'all hear me every week, so it's the same thing.
1: <laughs> look, and shout out to y'all for, like, messaging me whenever we say something that, you know, touches your heart or that you feel you grow from. Like, those really make my heart all warm and fuzzy, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. Um, Because we be on here talking. So, you know, it's good to know that somebody's listening. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that y'all appreciate it. Okay, so you talked about, you know, some things you've noticed with yourself. Um, And those I would consider, like, some life lessons. What does your routine look like? Oh, you know what else
0: I learned? And I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. This is, like, still my biggest regret probably is, um, and I've talked about this before in, in one or another, Um, but also I definitely learned to, um, I've learned to, um, speak up and, and definitely like the necessity of being more vulnerable and like, and in speaking up and like, you know, saying what you need to say or how you feel about, um, people or situations or things, et cetera. Like that's a big thing as well.
1: Um, how did you start actually speaking up, which I know sounds like a dumb question because it's like you just do it. But what does that actually look like? Can you give an example?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It looks like just talking more. So for me, it looks like not just not shutting down. So I I just as soon as I'm starting to get like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that or I don't know, say or, you know, whatever it is. Right. For me, I would just I just will stop. And I'll shut down, or people will be like, "Oh, you don't, you don't talk about anything, or you don't let people in, or whatever." But like, I just stop t- talking about it, um, or kind of in the conversation, or whatever is t- my typical go-to. But what I've kind of learned is maybe to enjoy that discomfort a little bit more of that, um, of that, and of I think oh, I just lost my train of thought because it's something else similar to the conflict of that and kind of with conflict as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of learned to enjoy it a little bit more. Cause what I started noticing is that with conflict, like it was always a li- like a little more connection on the other side and also like um, a little more progression when you have conflict with, some- with a person and um, whatever that relationship is. And so I started to enjoy being a little more uncomfortable and would just start to just talk a little, even if I'm saying like, uh, I feel like this might be kind of weird. Or even if I like try to preface it, like I know I probably shouldn't feel this way, but like what's really kind of going in my mind is this. And, and just kind of just starting to talk, if that makes sense. Like, even if, you, if it's hard for me to get there, because what I also learned is like half the time, like the issue is like me not even really understanding, like what am I feeling or knowing? And so when it feels like too much, I just need to stop. But then later I can always come back, but I would recognize that, well, that would make, um, that would make another person upset or angry because like they see what's going on. They just like, why are you just stopping? Um, And I get that sometimes, you know, you give that can go back and forth where sometimes you can let somebody just chill and come back to it. Um, But I did recognize I would do it so much. It's like, okay, I need to be able to figure out what's going on. Even if, even if as I start to talk, them talking or us having conflict or us whatever, having an exchange will help me actually understand like what it really is going on. So I might be like, it's nothing, I'm not even really actually that person. I don't be like, it's nothing. I'll just be like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, But that would help me understand better how I felt. And it kind of sucks because sometimes it still just turns into more conflict or whatever. But, like, I, I just got, I started liking that more. Like, I'm not mad I have an argument because I'm, I'm seeing, like, what I'm getting out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. And the Gottman Institute, um, who studies relationships, always talk about how it's not good not to fight, but it's good noticing how people react in those mm-hmm. conflicts and, like, that true vulnerability of willing to be seen, like, as someone who has these characteristics you might not like as jealous or always nagging or whatever, that um, that actually creates the door for more intimacy and in mm-hmm. relationships.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's what i would always been lacking in most of my relationships with people in general. And so it really is just, like, actually answering a question or actually, like, speaking up or whatever Um, and just talking a little bit more. Mm
1: -hmm. And so my last little question subset is around relationships and Mm -hmm. love. Um, And it sounds like, you know, vulnerability is something that you've learned and have been actively practicing Mm -hmm. over the past couple years. Um, But Mm -hmm. do you have any other, you know, areas of growth that you've noticed in yourself where things... um, you know, little tidbits or things you want to share around love?
0: Uh, not really. I feel I feel like because those were, those are related to that for me because it really was about me and like thinking I wanted to learn how to be more intimate, vulnerable, and like seeing how like hard it really, really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more I opened up there, the the more it was good. Um, I think another big thing that is always kind of relevant to what i said earlier i I think today too It's like just always knowing like to listen to yourself um i don't know why that's so hard for us a lot of times like we just don't you know we always try to like make things work or or you want to stick to what you think and like you don't want to listen to something or whatever um but yeah it's just like whatever you're if you're going in circles about stuff too much, like really just being able to just like let things go, I think that's the most important thing too. Um, having the the flow in meeting people or in dating people and your relationship, etc. Um, that's just so hard. I don't. It's so hard. I don't know why. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, so like stuck in there it's hard so I don't got shit to tell y'all <laughs> basically <laughs> I just got you. right I don't know like we know but it's still like you know you know but it's hard to do and I think that's also going back to what we were talking about is where even just talking more about those things and you know within the relationships um within those phases of dating what you're scared about or like what you're thinking about whatever um it's like cool you can talk about that you can be more open about it but then you need to really be able to I guess enforce whatever those boundaries are and um still, like, stand by what you need to do for yourself throughout a relationship with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But that's still just hard.
1: It is. It is. And uh, one of my favorite books about love in general is A Return to Love by Miriam Williamson. Mm -hmm. And she always talks about how it's so annoying because our closest relationships, especially romantic ones, are the ones where you can most easily see all of our neuroses. Mm -hmm. Like, they're the best mirrors. Um, But the beautiful part about that is anytime things come up, that's another chance to get to deal with them and to Mm -hmm. heal through them and to you know, actually face them instead of just kind of shoving them to the side.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, with everything like in life, uh, like I'm everything is like better and better, better or the way I'm processing it or learn how to deal with things or um, growing faster or differently or whatever, like all of those things are continuing to get better. So for sure, I'm really good at applying um, lessons or when I, think about something or have like some kind of revelation whatever I'm pretty good at like applying it or at least even if that means the next time I like I notice and I'm like oh I know this is that thing and you know even just noticing it more and paying attention to that is still progress a lot of times so um yeah we're definitely going to keep making the same mistakes in a lot of places I'm sure but um yeah I'm just always like kind of watching myself and letting it flow
1: that and I mean it's hard sometimes to just change stuff on a dime if we've been doing it for 30 plus Mm -hmm. years like it's not gonna change in one day and so don't beat yourself up over it I'm just talking Mm -hmm. to myself but I be getting mad when I haven't changed something that I know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah me too like (laughs) I get so mad every time I'm like oh you're not listening it's like man I know I don't be listening dog. like I know or like oh you cut me off like yeah I don't know what to tell you my bad like it does suck when you do the same thing so you're like dang I'm trying to pay attention to that um But even with those things, like, that's still getting better and you're still recognizing it more and more. So, I don't know. You just got to be around some folks, too, who's, like, and let you continue to grow with it. And maybe um, if they're not or people get upset with certain things, maybe you do need a little more space in that, um, and maybe in that relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the people around you are of utmost importance. Yeah, because also it's
0: like you can't keep doing the same stuff over and over and expect people not to be upset about it. But Mm -hmm. um, if there is progress, Mm -hmm. we all want to be acknowledged for you know what we do get right, and when we do get something right.
1: Yeah, so make sure you shout out your friends and your significant mm-hmm. other and your peoples whenever you see them growing, because we know it ain't easy out here. It really isn't. Mm-mm. Um. Okay. Last couple questions, and we'll wrap this up. What are you look? What's something you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to right now in life, for yourself, and business, and anything?
0: Mm, nothing. Um. Um. I think I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, looking good, because I've been, um, thinking about, like, getting my, I need to get my wardrobe again together for a s- summer. Cool. Got like Gonna, probably do some more trips and, you know, just, like, get back into a different appointments and make sure your hair's done and everything's just looking good and, yeah, just being cute, getting out in the sun. Um, so, I don't know, just having, like, some, I don't know, just feeling good and looking good, I guess.
1: Okay. Um, next one, or what are some of your staples that you need for yourself to stay balanced and to stay on top of like your personal growth and your business and all the stuff you're doing, like what are some staples in your routine that you have to do that you can't miss or that you make an effort to Mm -hmm. prioritize, to make sure that you're putting yourself first and staying, you know, in alignment. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I would say making my coffee in the morning and then, um, stopping when I feel like stopping for the day and, um, I might get into like my Netflix binge in the evenings or um, like I usually take some time to do other stuff um, or go do something active or whatever. But I try to have all of those things in my plans. And um, so all of that is scheduled out.
1: Okay. And the last one is um, we've talked a lot about making an ideal version of yourself, like a list of what they do and how they feel and how they think. Shout out to Hero P. He was on a long mm-hmm. time ago, but Preston's episode about, you know, his ideal self and how he used that to transform his life was very impactful for us. Um, and I think other people, a lot of other people probably talk about it, too. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Ideal Lex and some things you're working on to get to that part of yourself? Because it's all you.
0: Mm. Because it's all me?
1: Well, yeah, I Mm -hmm. mean, every version of you. That's what I'm saying. It's every version of you. It's not somebody who you're not, but you're, you know, things you're, like, focused on working towards. Like, how you want to feel, how you want to look, how much you want to have.
0: I think it's probably just a wrap-up of most of the things I've just said. Because my alter ego, I haven't looked at it in a long time. But a, a lot of it was around just, like, getting up and, like, getting all tightened up which I don't do. Like I'll just roll over cuz my first meetings are at like 7:30 in the morning, so I'll just kind of roll over and then I'll get into meetings and just get into stuff, do everything that I need to do. Um but like just just being like a little more tight on, you know, just being buttoned up and um looking good when you go out and, you know, like just like clueless level okay. <laughs> of like yeah you know, so just like just like doing, you know, just do a little more um with yourself. I think that's probably the only part of it where it's like Spending time on, like, your routines and getting um, your hair and your face and all this stuff together each day um, is probably the main part that I probably, if I revisit it, could do better with. Because I'd just be kind of more chill. And I think from the COVID and, like, those times, like, we've gotten a little bit more, like, all right, I'm just kind of chilling, sweatpants most of the day, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So now it's, like, kind of trying to get back into, like, all right, let's present.
1: Yeah, I like that you called out Clueless. <laughs> Her little cool closet.
0: Right, that's what I was thinking about. Like, okay, when you think of somebody who, like, they are not going outside until they're together.
1: Yeah, I need to take a page from their book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask a question this week because I've been asking hella questions, but <laughs> I will ask, uh, what do you want to shout out? How can people support CapSoul? Mm-hmm. How can, like, what do you want people to support you? Where are you directing them to right now? Mm,
0: I would say um, to... You can always connect with me on LinkedIn, Alexia Clancy. Um, I have a lot of people from different uh, networks and stuff that will find me there and connect with me. Um, and also, you can always visit Cap Capsoc Agency, C A P S O C A G E N C Y dot com, and you can hop on the email list or you can just follow the socials for that as well. And if you know any copywriters or what else do I need? It might just be kind of like copywriters or like people who can do like digital media management. Um, feel free to drop a line.
1: Yeah. So shout out to Alexia. Y'all go support her. Go support Capsoul. If you know copywriters, please hit her. Um, they're no doing line. great things. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that third installment. Yes. Thank Bye, you. Y'all. Bye.